Yeah. It's another episode of This Band is Real, the show about bands you've never heard of. I'm your host, Madeline DiMiuga, and I'm just trying to do new introductions every single time. It's pretty tough. Not gonna lie. But anyhow, guys, this episode is really, really fantastic. I think that you're gonna have a tough time figuring out who is the real band out of these two amazing acts that we're about to hear from. If you somehow have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to go ahead and go back to the previous four episodes. I have some fun little intros in those as well, but they do a good job of letting you know what the show is about. However, if you're being just a little stinker and you want to know what goes on in this program, I'll go ahead and tell you. I interview two bands, and both acts perform a single just for you. But one of these bands has never existed until now. One of these bands is a faker. So it's up to you at home to figure out which one is real. We'll take a poll on our socials, then the following night you can check out our live Twitch stream to see if you were right. So be sure to follow This Band Is Real on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TBIR underscore pod. Make sure that you vote there which one you think is real. Then also don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Go ahead and leave us a little note saying what you think about the program, what you think about me. But, you know, keep those comments uh, tasteful. We have some younger ears that listen to this. I think. Maybe. I don't know. I got family all over. Who knows who's listening to this at this point. But... Anyhow, let's get to the guests. We are here with our first guest tonight. You might know her from her band, Snakes with Human Traits. It's the one, the only, ladies and gentlemen, Rosetta Stoned. Rosetta, how you doing, girl? (laughs) (laughs) What is Gucci? How are you tonight? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, a little... A little hype, obviously, talking with you because every single conversation with you is always a journey from what I've seen other interviewers go through. <laughs> so I'm hoping that you will treat me with kindness, my queen, because I'm um, more than happy to be here. <laughs> As always, I hope you got the essentials for this journey because we're going to go. Oh, damn. Okay. All right. I don't <laughs> know if I, I didn't pack my bag in time. Yikes. <laughs> um, so... Let's talk about your band, Snakes with Human Traits. First off, where do you get such inspiration for a name like this, especially for like this hip-hop live instrumentation version of what you guys do? Well, Snakes with Human Traits is an image of deception. Oh. (laughs) I feel like in a lot of ways, as people... You're perceived one way, but you might really be another way. Mm. I feel like it's usually put as people who have snake traits. But what really is the difference? Oh, oh, I love what that. What really is the difference? What really is the difference? Because <laughs> some people be scheming out here. Some people be like in the grass. Some people. Some people. <laughs> nah, um, but... Like, how did you even meet your bandmates? Like, how did that, how did this come about? Were, were, is it that they were the ones that were, like, snake-like? And that's, like, there's, like, a uh, embedded hatred in there, kind of like a Fleetwood Mac situation? Or is it more than, Absolutely like... Absolutely not. Oh, okay, good. All right, cool. <laughs> it's more like a Mean Girls situation. Ooh. That's one of my favorite movies, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's more like a Mean Girls situation. We met as all 
classic romances do in college. Cute. <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah. Me and these three bad bitches were like, you know, we're hot. We're all fucking talented. Mm. Let's fucking fucking do a band why not let's fucking yeah. create a band yeah no that's that's the other thing that i think is like really really cool because like you always hear about like um other artists having like all women on their uh crew but you rarely see it in like a band that like has really live instrumentation i think lizzo's the only one that's like doing it really big with like her crew but like y'all y'all are like extra like um who is it who's your who's your saxophone player like you have a live sax that just like breaks out every show and people just gotta like get with the program yeah. and she's like twerking yeah, while she's playing BB. sax bb bb on the sax dude <laughs> no like the fact that you guys have it, it almost has like a a, a drumline esque quality to it because y'all are like freaking stepping out on stage stunting on everybody and like, um, I think your your last live show last year had like what five costume changes? <laughs> I love a good costume change, darling. Yeah, I, I mean, love a good costume change. Like it, sometimes it would happen <laughs> in the middle of a song, and I was really thrown because I was like, "How? When did? <laughs> when? Like, was that tearaway? Like, what? What are you? What are you a fan of? Are you? A it's fan all of about the... the coordination. Oh, it's all about okay. the coordination. Oh, <laughs> I grew up in doing musical theater mm. and I wasn't singing I was always part of the dance ensemble and when you're part of the dance ensemble you're gonna play like eight to ten characters throughout, <laughs> yes. throughout the whole damn musical so that was one thing that I always loved in being on stage and doing performances is that quick costume change nice turn it into something fucking totally else in in minutes i love that that's so and it's fun for the audience too nice so wait so um i've always been curious about this do you guys have like your own team of like seamstresses back there like you guys have an incredible wardrobe or, or are you guys oh so wait you're making this all yourself girl we are diy damn <laughs> that's that's the budget wait so you're <laughs> at telling, this point that's the budget you're telling me the snake skin thigh high boots that y'all stunted in that show last year that was you yeah, well, Molly is really the seamstress out of all of us. And oh. She does most of the work, and we kind of take it onto ourselves to personalize our pieces. You know, oh. like whatever the theme of the outfit is going to be, like the snakeskin ensemble that she talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, all the same concept, but you got a Destiny's Child it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, for sure. Oh, wait, it's so a then, lot of work. So, yeah, I was about to say, because like y'all's nails are also always so on point like literally like they look like daggers on stage are you guys like putting that on like what's even the production process for your wardrobe besides your music like that seems like it's it's got to take hours to put together i mean we all have our own individual looks besides just the band aesthetic so i go to for example my nails i go to my own nail girl karina Mm. she's the shit Mm -hmm. and you know, like BB has her her own nail lady. I think she is in uh, Malibu or somewhere. She drives all the fuck to Malibu Damn. to get her nails done. Uh, Molly has another chick that does her nails. That's insane. I mean, like, I mean, with how how y'all are just like constantly 
constantly working, constantly gigging, I'm not surprised that you have that kind of cash just to like get it done. <laughs> it seems like like y'all just it's important. It. You've got to put the money where it counts. That's true. <laughs> But speaking, I'm telling you the budget, the budget, (laughs) you got to allocate these funds. (laughs) You have to. But speaking of which, like, um, what, what was the hustle like whenever you first, y'all first started getting into it? Like, um, what, what were your kind of first experiences as a band? Honestly, um, I was working at Starbucks when we first started the band. And like I said, we were all in college. Oh, those college Starbucks are the worst. (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry yes, they're a nightmare a nightmare and then we open at freaking four in the morning oh. so if you're the opening team i know and then if i had a gig the night before i was super exhausted oh, hung over at starbucks <laughs> oh no nobody wants no, look like listen baristas listen to me very carefully god we love you we love you so much <laughs> i know that you guys go through a lot and it's some nonsense but look if Rosetta Stone can get out of the game, you can get out of the game. That's all it matters. You just got to hustle as hard as she does, always. And I got fired is how I got No, really? <laughs> Barista came, yes, yes. Oh, damn. Yes. I mean, like, it's so hard to try to balance both, though. Like, what, what was the thing that got you fired? Uh, being late. Mm. Tardiness. <laughs> mm. I can only imagine that also, like, walking in with, like, half a snake skin suit on, like, as you're throwing on the apron can't, doesn't quite translate well. Not always. I mean, you would think they would be, you know, grateful for someone to bring a little festiveness into that (laughs) moody-ass, (laughs) crowded-ass nightmare. Oh, no, I know that feel completely. <laughs> I used to work at a Chipotle on my college campus, and it was horrible. It was awful. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> um, like, Chipotle not on a college campus is already a nightmare. <laughs> I, like, there be people out in Burbank that really just need that carne asada at, like, 12 p.m. Like, it's, or they're going to die, which is awful where i'm just like just just go to a taco truck what the hell what the hell are you doing here like and there's a dime a dozen in la um but so college you you gotta get kicked out of the starbucks you gotta get into these gigs like um i heard that there was this really insane gig that you had in detroit in december (laughs) please tell me Y'all were not the ones of thinking of going to Michigan in mm-hmm. December. Mm-hmm. Oh God. It was it was something. First of all, it was freezing. Of course. Freezing fucking cold. And like I have acute tonsillitis, so like any gust of wind getting oh. into my ear, nose, and throat area just fucks with my vocals so bad. Just any so part of your I face. was in a Yes, yes. <laughs> so I was in a fucked up mood the whole time. I was on voice rest for like the whole two days before that. Oh my god. So and then everyone was fighting nonstop because everyone was so pissed off. Mm. Um Freaking uh, Amali had gotten food poisoning the day of, the day of. Girl, don't do that Michigan Chipotle. Don't do that. (laughs) They don't got, 
They don't got the right things for that. <laughs> Definitely not. I learned the hard way. Oh, dang. <laughs> like, I, I heard that there were, um, like, y'all were some real ones for doing this show um, and this uh, stage, but, like, I heard that the power went out at the building you guys are trying to perform at, and the only thing that they had on site was, like, an ice cream truck because there was, like, a food truck selling these, like, roll-up, um, kind of like that, that like, fancy-ass, like, you just take the scooper and then you, like, make a little, like, taquito out of it, but it's ice cream or some <laughs> shit. And, like, yes, I... that bullshit. <laughs> I can't believe that you guys still performed, like, a 40-minute set in the fucking cold. Like, what what was that experience like? And especially for you, like... Did did you even was you if you had to cover your face or anything like what what was that process like? Uh, it was traumatizing. Definitely, oh, no. <laughs> I was definitely I had the head wrap. Definitely had the <laughs> scarves. Um, I was drinking tea like throughout the whole set. Oh, uh, our roadie Brian, mm-hmm. bless his soul. <laughs> he got it bad he got it bad too because we were all bitchy and angry and especially me because i needed my tea i was mariah carey with the please have the hot tea on deck i mean so, sometimes diva's gotta be just right. to let everyone know right you you must darling yes. <laughs> what's your tea of choice <sighs> i like anything with ginger i mm-hmm. like um any Anything with a zinger, hibiscus tea is one of my faves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like a lemon hibiscus, mm. but ginger, ginger is always the one for me because of my tonsils. So ginger always does it for me. Got you. So this show was like kind of like you were having a reverse Amy Winehouse moment where you're just like hydrating mm-hmm. constantly with tea, mm-hmm. just the entire set. Um, not a fan of spilling the tea, but... Oh, damn. <laughs> secret secrets are no fun unless the... you share with everyone. <laughs> Rosetta. I'm very good at keeping secrets. Just for anyone out there listening, if you ever want to confide in me, I'm amazing at keeping secrets. <laughs> Where's the body? She'll never tell. She'll never tell where the body is. <laughs> no, but I feel like we all... We're like a family. Oh. Uh, the three of us. I mean, excuse me, the four of us. We're like a family. Um, Why did you forget one of them? <laughs> who'd, hey, you for, hey, who'd you forget, hey, though? Hey, what, you, Rosetta, I have you love for them? everyone. I'm not going to lie. Lexi is a little bit forgettable. Mm. But she is she's the most soft out of everyone. She is mm. the mother of the group. She keeps everyone together. Mm. She makes sure we've got the hangover supplies. Mm. I obviously am the diva. <laughs> Bibi is a sporty one. We always mm-hmm. call her Sporty Spice. Adorable. Uh, Molly's just a bitch. That's okay. <laughs> everyone. And that's okay. Everyone, <laughs> everyone needs that one friend you really don't like. You're constantly wondering why am I friends with you, but you still <laughs> hang around with them. Let's move on past that. Let's talk about your music uh man, I I just gotta say, um, listening to your music is one of my, my my favorite things, honestly, because you guys have such a well. I I have to ask, like, who is kind of like the the lyricist out of the group? Do you guys write collectively, or is there like somebody who's just like pushing the music or pushing the lyrics, and then the group comes together for the music? Um, 
I feel like it usually is a collective. Mm-hmm. I feel like I write the most. Okay. Um, and sometimes they even just start as little poems or little pieces of a song that could be, and then I'll bring it to the group and it'll grow. Um, Molly definitely um, is also a great lyricist. Uh, she piggybacks off a lot of half written songs that I've started or she'll give me an idea or a couple lines and we'll go from there. Um, nice. But I would say I- I'm probably the main songwriter. Okay, cool. Where do you find inspiration whenever you're writing for the band? Honestly, I spend so much time in my head. Most of everything I write is from the realm of the beyond. <laughs> like, the realm are we of talking, the beyond in Rosetta Stone's mind. <laughs> are we talking like beyond? Are we talking... Um, you can't see this podcast, listener, but I was just holding up... <laughs> An invisible blind to my face. <laughs> like, yeah, beyond? Or is it just like, <laughs> kind of like more of like a third eye kind of beyond? Bull. Oh. I feel like those go hand in hand anyway. That's fair. <laughs> that is a fair answer. Absolutely. There's this vulnerability and sensitivity that's just right underneath the surface of a lot of these like bangers. Like, because... There is no doubt that y'all just turn out bops. This is clear. But there's like, um, I've I've had the wonderful um, experience of like knowing a little bit of your B-sides from your solo career and um, witnessing those in real time. And um, yeah, like I what I love about it is that there's always more to be had whenever I listen back to your music. I think that's the great part about it. Um, I... I think that people that act the toughest have the softest oh, yes. matter inside of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, oh, well, I think the other girls would agree also. Um, a lot of being a bad bitch is to protect the little girl inside of you. Protect that soft, squishy. You got to be bad bitch to keep sad bitch safe, you know? <laughs> I could not put it better myself. <laughs> No, that's that's infinitely true, though. I feel like the tougher exterior you have is just because you're so much more softer underneath. And that, that's like a that's something that you guys really touch on in your music. Um, I think it's also really interesting uh, for your your album that uh, your newest single, which we will get to hear tonight. Um, Queen of Hearts uh, is the single. But the album is called In the Garden, and a lot of, like, the vibes that I got from the rest of the album, like, not necessarily saying Queen of Hearts, was very, like, Jefferson Airplane-esque, and, like, even the album cover art, like, y'all looked like you were having, like, a Mad Hatter tea party with, like, these incredible costumes that were just, like, really fucking fantastical, but, like, in a weird, like, twisted fantasy kind of deal like what was the uh what led you guys to making this album in the garden um well it started off we were all um working off a pun that molly had came up with about the garden of eden Mm. and the snakes with human traits Mm. and as we were vibing on that concept and as um we were recording more songs for the project 
it did kind of turn into a, a mad tea party type of feel. And Ooh. I mean, we're no strangers to drugs, darling. Hey, hey, hey. She likes <laughs> the tea. Sure. I don't know what's in it, <laughs> but she loves it. And I won't tell. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, would would you say that like uh, the '70s and kind of like that era of music has any influence on this album or in y'all's repertoire at all? Yes, definitely. Mm. What are some inspos? Um, and it's deep '70s. It's you mm. know Jefferson Airplane, mm-hmm. like you were speaking of earlier. Uh, I know for me, I am more funky i like the funk of the 70s mm-hmm. um just just everything everything yeah. the hair i've everything. experimented with trying to have the girls all do afros we don't all have the same hair so that mm-hmm. didn't really work out that good <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know i think it's uh it's 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 a real cool sound that you guys got going on for that album there's like uh, there's like these like really really like just funky guitar and i mean i've already mentioned the sax i can't tell you how many times i talk about that sax but that is a sax to witness the twerk routine that happens with it good god i mean that's beating (laughs) you guys you guys should just teach a college course over that specifically i think that the world would be grateful for it I have a couple of college courses that I think I'd be the person. Oh, really? To well, okay. teach. What's oh, yeah, your, definitely. What 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 would be if you were being if you were Professor Stoned? Um, what Professor Stoned? <laughs> what is your coursework for a semester? <laughs> well, it depends. Which class are we talking about? Oh, damn. Like the one okay. that I feel is yeah. more prevalent is most prevalent mm-hmm. is um, don't trust these dudes one on one. Don't trust these dudes. Don't trust these dudes one-on-one. DTTD. These, these dudes be lying is, also, be lying is also an appropriate name for the course. It's, oh, I, I thought like there'd be like, <laughs> don't trust these dudes is like the first semester. And then the follow-up class, like the 102, is just kind of like, these dudes be lying. That's why you don't trust them. Or maybe it's reversed. And actually, it would be better that way because just the introduction <laughs> to you can't trust these dudes. Nah. And itself is like, there's multiple, you know, situations in which you can't trust these dudes. Take, take me through it. Take me through it. Give me, give me a quick, (laughs) give me like the, the spark notes lecture on don't trust these dudes one-on-one. Like from the get go, from just the visual. Okay. A lot of times and a lot of women are fooled by BDE. That's Mm. really does not show up because again, you guys can't see this podcast. I'm making a small <laughs> square with my index and thumb finger. It's, it's what we would BDE, call BDE, but that energy mm-hmm. is not reflecting what's really in the pants. Mm. That's that's for one. First that's lie done. First that lie. Is, that's how you, you know you can't trust these dudes. You can't right? trust these dudes. From the initial conversation, you need to already be aware they will <laughs> downplay all of the messiness. Of always. course, always. <laughs> I'm watching you oh, yeah. on have... Netflix. <laughs> Don't trust Ooh. this dude. Ooh. Ooh. That is a prime example of why you do not trust these dudes. No. Okay, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Please continue with the lecture. <laughs> yes, they 
always downplay everything. They have a quote unquote room roommate. It turns out it's their mother. <laughs> they have, you know, a roommate. Oh wow, amazing. Okay. Turns and out then, it's their mother. Oh, yikes. Big old yikes. <laughs> right. Right. There's then, also like different categories of dudes that you need to know for sure you can't trust like tell anyone me. who's friendly with their uh baby's mom Ooh, friendly nope. red flag Mm-mm. you can't trust mm. these dudes no no you can't trust, you can't these, trust dudes. these dudes you can't trust these dudes what is another you dude we can't trust you cannot trust these dudes oh my god no you can't <laughs> I'm sorry, am I, are we getting an exclusive from Rosetta Stone? Like, is this a exclusive single? Because um, I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. It just might be. Oh, my God. It just might be. Oh, my God. So, okay. This is, so we, we don't trust the dudes that are too friendly with their baby's mom. Baby's mom's. Don't trust anyone that says they have a roommate until you actually go. And then it turns out sometimes it's another chick. Ooh. That's happened. Definitely. I've witnessed that before in mm, real life. Mm-mm. I mean, yeah. If they, if they can't tell you outright that there is like another vagina present in their lives that isn't their mom, like after you've been talking, it's just kind of like, this isn't, this is not reliable and if it is your mom if it is your mom let me know if it is your mom i just want to know i need to know these things yeah Yeah. that's all we want gentlemen that's all we want to know we just want to know if it's your mom is it us and your mom are those the vaginas that are in your life because if so great perfect (laughs) don't even need to talk any more about it in fact let's not um (laughs) so that would be your alternate life. You think you do you think that you would want to be like legit? Do, do you do you think you'd ever want to be kind of like a, a, a social like sociology professor in that uh, mind or even like a feminine studies professor in another life? Or would you is this music? Absolutely. This is the only thing. Oh, word. OK, cool. You know what? I in my mind mm. could be so many different things. Mm that I feel like sociology professor mm-hmm. don't trust these dude studies like don't trust these I'm dude studies I'm about yes. it I want that course yes. and you yes. know what honestly like girls in college need that course they need mm-hmm. this course so that they Absolutely. know to identify you know they're the main people who need this course women mm-hmm. in college mm-hmm. or anyone who dates men <laughs> in college anyone in college who dates men anyone anyone who dates men anyone that isn't men anyone anyone <laughs> should take this course again this is rosetta stoned she has her single queen of hearts that we are about to listen to rosetta do you have any final words about this single and about the band yes this single is full of a lot of imagery and a lot of references. So listen to it a couple of times. If this is your first time listening to it, you've got to listen to it at least three or four more times. There's definitely, there's some signs in there. If you're trying to figure us out, if you're trying to figure it out, just listen. Just listen. Hey, men, 
Just listen. That's it. Just listen. to this band is real we are here with the baddest boy in hip-hop today <laughs> to date he is the one the only bulldog from rural compatriots please welcome to the show elias martinez hey what's happening man thanks for letting me on oh of course no thank you so much for stopping by uh i i am so incredibly humbled to have you here it's truly you're one of the hottest MCs on the scene, and your music is truly, oh, it's just mind blowing. But um, I appreciate let's that, man. just Thank you. get into it. Let's just talk about rural compatriots. 
where did you get this name? How did this whole group come about? So this this Rural Compatriots group, so this actually started way back when I was a kid. So Rural Compatriots, as you know, is me and my Theo Tiny. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a kid, I got kicked out of school because my dad left when I was little. And oh, there was this boy named Jonathan Mackey. And he came up to me and he was like, it was like two weeks after. He was like, hey, so now that your mom's single, mind if I take a pass at her? Damn. Yeah, bro. And so straight up, like I, I stuck his ass in the face and I knocked out his front tooth. I have a scar from it right there on my knuckle. And oh, that was the end of my time at Whiteside Elementary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't let me stay there. So I, I hopped around schools and they put me in that gifted, talented program, you know, mm-hmm. gifted and talented. Right. Which you are. So anywho, I got sent to live with my uh, grandparents for a while and my you always came to visit. So one day he was like, yo, come live with me in Austin. And Austin, as you know, I, I think I read you're from Austin. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And so you uh, know it's the live music capital of yes. the world. And so that's where I got uh, introduced to music, especially because my Theo Tiny, he was a, uh, a music producer. Mm-hmm. And so Rural Compatriots was actually kind of birthed out of like, like us. Like, you know, we, he was raised, you know, on the farm that I ended up going to live at with my grandparents. Oh, wow. And so it was like rural area. Yeah, yeah. And then like, we were like the two compatriots who were like, ah. You guys are in it together. That's it, man. There it is. Literally down in the trenches. Literally down to it. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. No, I, um, I really get that from your music, especially the way that you're, let me just let me make sure I'm getting this right. Theo Tiny and um, Theo Tiny. Look, yeah. Tiny. look. What I love about it is that when we see you guys together, it is very clear who is Bulldog and who is Tiny. <laughs> like, no offense to your uncle, but it's very much just kind of like that boy, that boy Bulldog. He's practically corn fed, as we like to say in the South. Like they, uh, they, whatever they did for you on that farm, man, release that workout uh, regiment to the rest of us because oh, we yeah. truly. No, need that, to that's up. just like carrying like bags of grain, <laughs> like <laughs> chopping wood. Like that's that's what. Nice. That was. What were some of your uh, favorite venues to perform at in Austin whenever you guys were first starting, like getting into it? Oh man, so he he got me into a a, a couple of really cool places mm. um there was uh i actually <laughs> believe it or not this is the first spot that i ended up uh performing at it was at this place called gordo's donuts oh my god i don't know if you've been oh. but like that was my favorite place to go yes and so uh it was actually kind of like a, a a surprise thing for you know my my 17th birthday oh is i thought we was going there to eat uh-huh you know just because i loved it so much yeah. and then my Theo was like, I, I sh- like we showed up and there's like his his sets over there. There's like a little stage. Oh in the my mic. god! And he's like, all right, boy, like let's see what you got. Because like we, because we made music together, and he's like, you're you're like do it. That's insane. So he just kind of like it was like throwing you into the pool with like no yeah. swimming lessons. No, he's just like, like here it is. Like, you're gonna learn today. <laughs> Damn. But okay, this is this is truly such a. A weird, weird coincidence. Um, our first season of this show, we played our live show at 
that Gordo's at South Lamar. No like shit. I'm so dude, I'm so serious. Like it's it's truly the best space ever and like I, I miss all my crew back in Austin, but like dude, that's so crazy. I love that. I love that that's where your first Whoa. game was. That's yes, it's awesome. Oh, God, oh, that's awesome. I love oh, oh I'm so excited. But um yeah, no, Austin being like a really, really heavy music scene, um also it's just one of those things where I'm so glad that you kind of found that outlet through music. Do you th- do you feel like music was just kind of like your your guiding compass out of the situation that you had found yourself in? Because I can imagine being a young guy, like being a young boy and having all this like turmoil around you, especially in these formative years, it must have been really cathartic to turn to music to like pour that out. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. No, there's... I mean, you're, it's like you said, it definitely was cathartic. And it was that thing that, you know, when you're when you're the smart ass in class, you're always trying to one up somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then that's that translates to, you know, whenever you're just rapping with your friends. When I realized that that was uh, a legitimate avenue for me that mm-hmm. I could go down, I you know, I could put this this anger and this frustration and all these things that I wanted to say. And I could put them to music, and I could I could put I could put them on paper. That was, I mean, it it it's, it truly did save me. I, I I can't even, I mean, and that goes back to my Theo. Like I can't thank him enough for for bringing me on that journey and like showing me that world. Because before then, I I that wasn't a possibility. That yeah. wasn't even a thought in my mind. Oh, man, that's why I think the hip hop as a the hip hop did i just say the hip hop like i'm 80 years old jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) uh sorry i was just saying that like hip hop is such an excellent genre for doing that is literally just like translating any of this like pain that you go through to something that's really beautiful and i think that people often um undercount hip hop as just that genre that does it so well because i think the best part about hip hop is that it's so accessible to everybody that listens to it like it it you don't have to be some hoity-toity high society nut job to enjoy hip-hop 1000 percent. i mean look, look at i mean and hip-hop goes beyond all mediums you got you know you got your lil wayne drake you know those mm-hmm. guys and then you got you mm-hmm. know lil nas x you know mm-hmm. old town road yeah like country rap and then you got weird al yankovic who's you know he's doing <laughs> his his stuff since you know early 2000s and so Right, and then you got Christian rap, you know. So it's like I've said, like some of the biggest bangers mm-hmm. I've ever listened to have been like Christian rap. And I'm like, oh, like I'm not gonna say that <laughs> because I'm talking about God. But I was like, dude, like these guys are spitting it right now. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, hip hop's it's a universal platform. Mm. It's a multifaceted say, genre, there's a, there's and people a just need to people just need to understand that hip hop. Is for everyone. So it just shut everyone. up. It don't matter who you yeah. are. Like there's a spot for you, and I think realizing that as a young troubled kid, like I never belonged anywhere, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, there's this place and all these people who are just like me, who have had these issues, who have felt like outcasts, and we're like, hey, bro, like, come on, and bring everything you got, bring all your baggage. Oh, I love that. I'm not crying. You're crying, listeners. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not. <laughs> no, but let's let's get into some uh, a, a little bit of like I- I- interesting. 
So obviously, your uncle or your Theo being like so into the music industry, knowing the machine, he understands the concept of just like touring and how it's necessary to get、uh, visibility like that. But I need you to tell me about this show in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> Dog, like, what were y'all thinking? <laughs> so, I, I mean, I grew up in Texas my entire life. Like, I don't,、mm-hmm. like, that was me. It's like, it's summer every day, even in December. Yeah.、So. Oh, yes. It's awful.、So、like, I told my uncle, you know, and he's, he'd been on the tour like before. I was like, you know, I, I'd been, like you said, I was corn fed. And、mm-hmm. so I was like, <laughs> these people in Iowa got to recognize, like, My body. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm、like, being real, being real. Like, okay, okay. I was, you know, I was 21 and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm feeling out. Like, at, like I'm, I'm going shirtless. I'm going shirtless this whole set. Oh, no. In December, in Des Moines, Iowa. How? Why are these artists doing this to themselves? <laughs>、uh, like, I was, I, was so, I was stupid, first off. But, like, I. Okay. And the thing was, like, I was like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. You know,、yeah. then, you know, you get the venue and you're like, well, you know, there's a bunch of people here. It's going to be warmer. You know, stage lights are going to heat me up. It'll be fun. Uh huh. I went out and it was the windiest fucking day. <gasps> oh my, my God. My nipples got so hard that I was like,、oh. all right, bro, like, this is, this is not fun. And like, I turned, like, my, I turned to my uncle. I was like, bro, I got to go get a jacket. He's like, nah, boy, you. You want to do this? Do it. Damn. So that、love. was that, that,、uh, that show in Des Moines, and then I got sick.、Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I had to cancel like two shows afterwards because I, you know, I got a cold. And- okay, I understand that you got sick. I understand that it was a really tough show in that crazy Des Moines winter. But、um, I heard a rumor, and you can, you can discount it if you want. That you lost a nipple after that show. <laughs> Now, is that true? Because,、oh, hey, dog, I, had, I haven't seen many shirtless photos of you since that show. Like, oh, yeah. No. What's no, the no, deal? No. I plead the fifth. Oh, but he if he you do see me with a shirt off and I have two nipples, it is very probable that I drew one on. <laughs> wow. Oh man. Oh, oh, bulldog.、Yeah. You poor, poor. Things、man. we do for our craft, right? Hey, I mean, like, we do stupid things when we're young. I can understand it. But you know what? Like, it's kind of, I can only imagine it as like this, right? It's like as if you slightly dented a Ferrari. It's still a Ferrari. It's still a Ferrari. So, like, and you're still going to drive it. Everybody can relax. Yeah, there were people that were just saying that, like, free the nipple for Bulldog. And I was like, what if that's not his business? That was the weirdest if, hashtag. Like, but, like, it was the weirdest. Hey, look, like, it happens, and we don't have to talk about it anymore. I'm so sorry. I <laughs> appreciate that. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> but、um, speaking of which, whenever we're like, getting into taking you seriously as an artist, I feel like. There's been a real progression in your music where it, it kind of happens with every MC where they start off really hot and really like angry, and like there's these, there's this like unfinished, like,、um, th- there's this turmoil that's like going inside that's like, it's just like really fast and really hard hitting、um, rap. 
But with your newest album, Road Back Home, there's this vulnerability and sensitivity that I can even get in this interview that um, has really, really gotten the interest of like bigger names from like Capitol Records and um, from Atlantic, where we're really we're getting into you as an individual, not only just like in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. I think it's really um, a revealing album. Um, what? was the reason for that. Well, I mean, I mean, you hit it on the nose. I mean, when you were starting off and you're, uh, you know, you're on the up and coming, like you use that anger and you got that chip on mm-hmm. your shoulder and you're pissed off at the world and you're like, I haven't had my peace yet, so I'm going to have my peace right now and you're going to fucking listen. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when you get that out, and, w- and this is what I've, what I've grown to learn from, were mentors of mine and and you know actually i i went to therapy and i'm a huge advocate for mm. therapy mental health is a huge thing and um it, it needs to be taken seriously so when i was you know processing all this i realized that anger is just a secondary emotion mm. and underneath it there was sadness there was denial there was all these things that i hadn't dealt with because i had use this anger as my only outlet Mm. and not to say that there isn't a time and place for anger and you know for getting your uh your emotions out through that medium but i think what road back home is really about is dealing with those demons dealing with that inner struggle Mm -hmm. and with trauma with trauma yeah with trauma man and that comes in all all shape forms and sizes like you know, not and, and all trauma is legitimate, mm-hmm. and I think that's oh, really what bless what I want to, yeah, man. So that's and that's what I want to want to get out to people is that I'm hoping with this album, like they can look inside themselves, like the road back home is the road to you oh. and who you are, and so. I'm I'm, I'm literally that, that Michael album. Jordan meme crying right now, guys. You don't understand oh, the emotions that this man is. Just eliciting forth. Well, it's like, and I mean, and everyone has like, I mean, Michael Jordan also. I mean, you watch The Last Dance, like you. I mean, he was angry, yeah, but like there was also stuff that you know he had to deal mm-hmm. with. And, and yeah, but like that's the, that's the meat of it. That's that's where that lives for me. Mm-hmm. That you know, just because you're on this certain path, it doesn't mean that you can't change direction. It doesn't mean you can stop and go back. Right. You know, it's, you know, your, your life is a journey and it's not going to be over until you take that last breath. So for sure, take the fucking journey Yes. and make it worth it. Don't miss any avenues because you were too mad. Cause you were a young kid who had a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. or because that guy broke your heart and you don't want to give love a second try because you're afraid someone else is going to do that. Mm. Ugh, poetry. No, I I really do feel that in that track, um, McCarthy. There's this, I, I don't know, man, like, um, it's really interesting the, the, the parallels that you bring out. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, there's this book called The Road by, um, I think is Cormac McCarthy, I believe is the author. And... Um, What's what I love about the song is that it kind of like has 
these elements that like feel narrative in a sense where it's like that you're almost like telling this story of this journey that people are going on. Um, but the characters just seem so relatable in that sense. Like it, it, it's like this weird vehicle of just like, you're telling a story about somebody else, but we feel like it is about you. And then we also feel like it's about us. And I think that's, what's so wonderfully unifying about that track is that you can really put yourself in literally these people's shoes or figuratively, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, that, that was a big, I'm so glad that that came across <laughs> yeah, that, that it is kind of narrative and it is meant for you to like, like if, if y'all don't know the, the, the book, the road by Cormac McCarthy, it's, it's a doozy. Like I'm, I'm not even going to bullshit around you like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it gets you and it's hard. It's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot that, you know, people, people grapple on to tra- grapple on, sorry, people grapple on to tragedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the greatest stories ever told are tragedies. And from that tragedy, you think how, how could anything go back to the way it was? How could anything be good after, after this, mm-hmm. you know, you see it throughout all all mediums of art and through history like you got Romeo and Juliet you know this tragedy where these two young lovers kill themselves but through their suicide peace was made between their families mm-hmm. and then even in a biblical sense like look at uh you know the the bible you know Jesus is crucified historically speaking crucifixion was it like that's what the romans did to mess you up it was a public display of shame and death mm. but in you know in, in christianity you know it's like he rose again it's and so that, that's what i want from this particular or from that particular song was you're gonna go through the shit man and mm. life is not gonna get easier you're gonna get better at it i think that's what i really hope that people people see with that particular song um, that was the hardest one for me to write, honestly. I'm uh, sure it really, it's really got this, like the, the lead in is just really interesting because you're not sure it's very different from everything else on the album. It's very, it's its own track where yeah. it, it, I can see why it's like, whenever people are talking about it, they're talking about, it's a standalone song because it, in and of itself, it's just its own microcosm of mm-hmm. what it is. But it's yeah. so thematically linked to everything else in the album that it's it's kind of hard to deny it being truly, a, in my opinion, a work of art. Thank you, thank you. And that's that was something I realized as I was writing it is, you know that thing where you're working on your craft, whether you're a writer, a musician, um, and you know, your early stuff, it's like, yes, this makes sense, this makes sense, this makes sense. And then you get that one thing and you're like, all those previous things were great, but this is what I was trying to say that whole time. Yo, look, man. This might sound fucked, but I'm telling you now, you gotta look at the whole picture. I said, look at the whole picture. Are you looking at the whole picture? I'm looking at this man who took me up and ran as the sky fell. The day the heavens rain hell. 
embrace an eternal winner Both outward and inner a sinner Yes, but his sins aren't the whole of the picture The chasm in his eyes reveals the pain The blood on his hands a permanent stain He says we're the good guys I believe him, but partly Cause I know we're both passing thoughts of McCarthy I've seen more dead bodies than living this year that is so near I don't swallow the fear I shove it in my mouth like the beans that I found At the campsite with the tents burned down to the ground And it don't matter if you try to be good Cause good goes out the window when you come from the hood And you're stuck and daddy got his leg shot up And he's dying but you can't leave his corpse in the muck So you wait, wait for an answer Wait for an animal, a bullet, a cancer Something to end my poor solo party And then I remember, this is classic McCarthy this is classic McCarthy. Bitch, this shit is McCarthy. This is classic McCarthy. I can feel it in the pit of my stomach when I struggle. I muscle through a little personal plummet. I knew it would be hard for me to walk alone, but walking with him was the only fucking path that I know. So now where? Where do you go when the life you've known is uprooted and gone? Pops told me we could visit and pray, but every time I try, it ends up in despair. They say Christ rose in three days. Well, it's been three days. I ain't fucking amazed. If you think I'm gonna beg for my life, you're mistaken. After what I've seen, I can't be shaken. But I'll make you a deal. But only if you promise me not to steal a single bite from the mouth of the hungry and never fall to the traps of McCarthy. This is classic McCarthy. McCarthy's don't fall for McCarthy. This shit is McCarthy. This is fucking McCarthy. This is classic. I ain't McCarthy. gonna be the McCarthy. one that's gonna McCarthy. fall for McCarthy. This is classic McCarthy. This is classic McCarthy's don't fall for McCarthy. This shit is McCarthy. This is fucking McCarthy. This is classic McCarthy. Thanks again for listening to This Band Is Real, Season 2, Episode 5. Don't forget to vote on our socials, who you think was the real band, at TBIR underscore pod. Then tune in tomorrow night on our live Twitch stream to see if you guessed right. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll see you again next week.